speaking with one of my uh, personal favorite composers, uh, someone whose work I've been listening to almost all my life, Mr. Mark Mancina, is uh, one of the most notable and talented film composers uh, from his genre-defining scores to Speed and Bad Boys to other amazing works like Twister, Assassins, Con Air, Speed 2, August Rush, Training Day, and Shooter. Uh, Mark has a long history with Disney, working with Hans on The Lion King and taking a, a huge role in the stage version. Mark has scored... Disney films like Tarzan, Brother Bear, The Haunted Mansion, Man of the House, and is now scoring their newest animated feature, Planes. Uh, Mark, thank you so much for uh, speaking with me today. Wow, that's, uh, um, <laughs> that makes me exhausted, that intro. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's <laughs> Am I doing all that? <laughs> well, I guess to start, um, I'd like to ask composers, uh, what, what does music mean to you personally? Uh, you, mean, what, uh, you mean music in general or music... From the movie, music in general, like to you as a as a composer, as a, a writer, uh, what is music? Yeah, music? well, I think um, I think in my personal world, um, I, I kind of consider myself a musician first. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a better composer than I am a musician, but I've always worked at being a good musician. That's just been my passion since I was a little kid. Um, so I work really closely and relate really closely to musicians much more than I relate to composers. Um, and I myself am a classical guitarist, so I study and, and I travel and study with, with uh, great players around the world, and I'm very, very fortunate to, to do that. But that's really my passion. And then, of course, my other passion is composing. Mm-hmm. Those are the two sides of music for me. And uh, so at what point in your life did you decide on film music? Were you, I mean... What was it? We're like, wow! I really love writing music, you know, instead of uh, performing it. Yeah, it was a kind of a two-stage process. The the first the first thing that happened to me was when I was in college was I was I was a classical guitar major, and um, Aaron Copeland came to our school for a couple of weeks and was a guest of the school, oh, wow. and uh, I wasn't that familiar with Aaron Copeland's work. I knew mm-hmm. a couple of pieces, of course, but I didn't really know much of his work. And I I got to go to concerts with him um, of his music. And uh, heard a lot of vocal music, a lot of incredible stuff that it was the clarinet concerto stuff that just blew my mind. And it made me realize that I'm probably not a performing classical guitar player. I'm probably a composer inside a classical guitar player wanting to be, you know, body. Um, so I made the change uh, to composition, and then and then from there, um, it was really a matter of age. I mean, as I got. You know, I played in clubs, and, and as I got into my 30s, I started to feel like that was not going to be the avenue that was going to work for me. And I had done a lot of documentaries and commercials and side work, you know, uh, to pick up stuff while I was writing songs and, and playing at night and, and doing all the stuff that everybody does to kind of put food on the table. Mm-hmm. And um, so once I, once I had done that much work... Um, the, kind of the step into films was not a big deal for me because it, I already knew how to do it. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like um, I had to quickly study and learn how to compose for films. I, I was a thematic writer. I've got composition. Uh, I studied composition. I, 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 uh, I know orchestration. I know, you know, a lot of a lot of classical work. I grew up on it. So. It wasn't a long shot for me. What happened was that that Hans Zimmer sort of put me in a position to sink or swim, and um, I felt really comfortable with it, and it was, it seemed very, um, the, the composing part of it seemed very straightforward. Working on a film, you know, coming up with the whole concept for speed, it was just natural for me. 
um, the politics of film scoring was not natural for me. I can imagine. And and the the sort of you know the the I mean when I did that film I was I was actually Michael Kamen was signed to do Speed and I was actually a guy that was wanted by the director and not wanted by the studio. So I was not allowed to, to speak to the studio while I did that score by the director. And I was only allowed to play the music for the director. At a certain point, the studio said, we're coming in to hear your score at 6 a.m. in the morning and it better be good because they were fed up. You know, um, That was my entrance into really working with directors in the studio and, and really the politics of film scoring, which was an area... Of course, I was prepared in every other area, but not that one. Um, and that was a, you know, a bit shocking and, and uh, a reality, uh, kind of like splashing cold water in your face, kind of, you know, <laughs> wow, wake, waking up and going, oh, this isn't about music. I get it. So, you know. Well, yeah, I think you definitely uh, swam instead of sank because uh, that, that score, <laughs> you were such an influential voice when it came to uh, 90s action scoring and some of my favorite. You know, I just saw a film the other day. I was on the plane and I saw something. I'm trying to remember what it was because I watched a couple of films and they had a sequence. And I, I, I mean, I know that they tempt speed because I could tell <laughs> from the score that he was kind of, whoever did it was kind of following speed. And I thought, that is so cool to, to hear an influence into somebody else um, for such a long time ago. I mean, Speed was a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, it was the beginning um, of the early But 90s. It, was, it, was, it was fun, and I've had a lot of people uh, tell me that, and a lot of composers, and more, more so musicians, more, more so orchestral players that have told me, oh, yeah, we just did a score, it sounded like Speed. And it's always been, um, to me, a real compliment, you know? Well, I mean, it, it's, I, the music really does speak for itself, and from Speed and Twister, I mean, in the 90s in general... Uh, Hans's Crimson Tide, Trevor's Armageddon. What was it really about that decade, that about those films and filmmakers that allowed for such thematic, exciting, and engaging music to be written? And I, I feel like they do fit in that in that '90s decade. Do you think that style yeah. kind of carried over to current day? Did it evolve or change, or did it kind of stay there? Well, first of all, you have to remember that that Hans and and Tre Trevor and I, um, you know, we all grew up on on you know, the, the, a lot of the same music. I mean, when we used to sit and talk, especially Hans and I, we'd sit and talk in a room, and we realized that, you know, we were into Peter Gabriel and Kate Bush and all of those people way back in the early 70s. And, you know, so we kind of grew up on, on a style that, that we know really well. And that style fit really well in the 90s for film scoring. That's why I think it was a natural fit. Now, for me, of course, what happened was, you know, I don't know, 10 films in, I went, you know, I just don't want to just do this over and over again. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is not, I'm not an action composer. I mean, somehow I am, but I'm not. <laughs> That's not what I do. Um, so I really needed, myself, I needed to go into a different field of study. I didn't, I, I felt like, well, film music is great, but I need to go in a, into a different place. Because the, the um, it, 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 it was too limiting to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what happened for me out of the 90s into the into 2000. I did a film called Training Day. Right at, right at, like, I, think, I think it was like 2001 or something when, when I did Training Day. I don't remember when that was. But I thought that was a really innovative way to approach that kind of a, a, a movie. And it proved to be because if you listen to, if you watch CSI or any of those shows, you'll hear all sorts of Training Day stuff going on. But um, I just felt at that point I wanted to do something else. And I had been fortunate enough to work in theater in The Lion King, and that opened my eyes to a whole different, completely different uh, universe. Um, 
and and that's been uh, you know another area for me that I've been really really interested in and I'm working on musical right now so it's it's um you know been a really great journey and uh I mean it has and you fast forward to today and we've heard some you know wonderful scores from you uh August Rush is you know a stunning score you recently scored you know even a video game for Sony with sorcery and you've tapped so many yeah. so many genres at this point in your career has there been one that really stands out as your favorite genre to write for well you know they've they've all been interesting i think animation you know is the biggest challenge um mm-hmm. in film in film scoring now now if you're talking about you know concert stage music which i've been writing also that's a whole different challenge and and actually much more difficult than film music um, because you know you don't have a film, you don't you don't have uh, you don't have um, you know Al Pacino to carry you through scene to scene. You 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 are you are relying on your music. Um, one thing you learn about film scoring right off the bat is, um, and I think Jerry Goldsmith was the one who said this, and I'm paraphrasing him. This is not accurate, but basically that a really great film can have a really bad score and still be a great film and still be very successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and that being said, you know, if, 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 if a film is really successful, the score goes along with it, and people consider that, that the score must be really good because the film did really well. And so in the business, that's the way it works. But musically, for me, that's not how it works. Music is music for me. So if music is a piece of crap, it's a piece of crap to me. I don't care what the film says. So I, I can't get inspired by that kind of thing. I have to be inspired musically. And animation, you know, really keeps you on your toes. It's, it's difficult stuff. Uh, it's big boy, to me, it's big boy scoring. Um, especially, you know, if it's a little bit more of a dramatic story, if it's not just wacky. You know, wacky right. is one thing. But, but, you know, Tarzan was not a wacky movie. You know, that was a serious score, and, and, uh, and I'm proud of it. And, and that kind of work still really intrigues me in the film world. And so for Planes now, is this, is, you're reuniting with Disney, is this your first full-fledged, full-fledged CGI animated f- feature? Uh, I think it would be. I think so. I, unless, uh, so does, does your, does that, does your, uh, you know, you scored animation many times before, Did, does the different method of animation affect your process at all? Like as to when you no. come on board or when you start working on previs stuff or anything like that no i mean you know we are as film when you get into the film hat when you put your film composer hat on you know you are moved visually by what you see but in animation you have to be careful with that because what you see keeps changing Mm -hmm. so if you if you are so glued to what you're seeing and then that changes or the images change or they become they have more depth as the animation gets better um you're stuck so what I've always done is um, I rely on the music to be powerful. You know, turn off the picture and play the music, and if it stands up and it blows you away and it gives you goosebumps, it's a great piece of music regardless. So um, that's kind of what I did with Planes. Is I wrote, um, I was asked to do that, you know, by Chris Fontan and John Lasseter, and, and it was really John Lasseter's baby, you know, mm-hmm. and I really wanted to come through. He really wanted thematic music. He wanted to be moved by something. And uh, after I saw the film, I realized that what it needed was some kind of a, a large theme that you have to earn uh, throughout the film, uh, which would be obviously, in this case, it's kind of like the great race, where you've got this gigantic race, and if you win the race, you earn that theme. Right. Since it's the first movie, you know, first plane. So 
I, I wrote what I consider to be the theme for planes. I, I wrote this piece. It's about two and a half minutes long. And I, uh, I sent it to John and Chris, and um, they were knocked out with it. And, they, and they, when they heard it, uh, John said, this is telling the entire story. So this piece of music is going to go on a trailer that we're going to cut to the music. Oh, yeah, I was about to... Now, that was my, that was my demo for the, to the movie, not for the movie, but you know, when I first started on the film, I wrote themes for it, and that was, one of the, that was the theme for Planes. It was called The Competition. That's what I called it. Mm-hmm. I submitted also Dusty's theme and some other themes which are in the movie, but that was the big one. You know, that was kind of the uh, the money shot, as they call it. <laughs> you know, but I mean, it was unheard of. Like when I remember when that trailer came out and they released it, and it was a hundred percent. You know, I mean, all music. Uh, nine non diegetic music. It was stunning and uplifting, and it really emphasized, I think, what your score can do to those, especially those flying sequences. I mean, it really just. So w- when you wrote that piece of music, what were you writing to? What was your, what was? The- uh, nothing. I had, but I, but I had, I had gone to meet with the director Clay Hall, mm-hmm. and he, um, he gave me really good direction, and he also gave me a notebook with with all kinds of animation of uh, the characters, and I had seen a rough cut of the film, so I had seen it, but I didn't have the film, mm-hmm. so I, you know everything was in my head. And um, what, what was great about it for me, and it's an experience that I'll, I won't ever forget, because when I, what I saw in my head and what I wrote lined up with John Lasseter right on to the point where he said when he heard it, this is my movie, I'm, making a, I'm cutting a trailer to the music and music only. Now, when he said that, I thought, well, that's really great. He's excited and I'm glad, but that will never happen. Because they never do that, know. you know. <laughs> they will call me and say, "Hey, we took out a few frames. We changed this. There's a big sound effect. Can you do?" You know, that's always the case, right? No, the trailer came out just like that. So that's amazing. So it was pretty spectacular. And, and in fact, he asked me if I could make a 90 second version and record a different, <laughs> you know, a shorter one, so that they could also do it in 90 seconds. So I mean, it was it was it was incredible. It really was a wonderful experience. Uh, it was one of the good experiences in film music. Oh, it's. I mean, I, I can't wait to hear the the finished product. I haven't heard the full score yet, but I, I will. I will on Tuesday when the when the soundtrack comes out. Um, but just looking at any film, I think in particular, you're talking about how you that was all from notes and kind of ideas that you talk with the directors. When you start on a film, in any film, what's the first thing you do look for to inspire your your writing? Is it do the ideas happen from reading the script, watching the first cut, connecting with the characters, the setting, the plot? Like, where do you really look for? It depends on the style of film. Um, you know, obviously, a, a film like Training Day, you're not going to sit down and go, "Okay, each guy needs to have a theme," and each, you know, that would be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That's more of a common thread. Where you see a film like that, then you think, "Okay, this is uh, good versus evil." Okay, so you know, how do we how do we delineate those characters without being corny? How do we have a common thread throughout this film that makes people feel very uncomfortable? Um, but an animation is different, you know, especially planes. I mean, planes, we have, we have characters from all over the world. So obviously each character not only has to have thematic material, but the, the material has to be in the style of or from the palette of the instruments of that culture. Um, so I had, you know, I've got mariachi. I've got Hindu. I, we did stuff in Hindu. We, we did, um, I, I, can't even, I can't even remember it all, but it's a lot. Um, but it made it really fun. 
it made it really fun because, you know, you're, you're switching styles, you know, and you're changing up styles. And, you know, our lead character, Dusty, is from the Midwest. So, you know, his theme um, is very Americana mm-hmm. and very simple. And, um, you know, to, rem- to remind us all where he came from when we hear it. And actually, when he, he has to go back to be, he's a, he's a um, crop duster, so he has to go back to being a crop duster at a certain point. And when, when he goes back to that, we hear that theme, and it reminds us that's right, that's where he came from. Uh, which I think is important carrying on with planes, because th- these characters will, will evolve. And, and I think that it's always important to remember where you've, where you've come from. And I, I think that's something that I really wanted to create, whether these characters come back in the sequel or not, some of them, of course, will. But, uh, you know, I just wanted to give them some kind of a backdrop and a background. Oh, I can't wait to hear the final product and everything. I mean, it sounds, just from the trailer, it sounds fantastic. And uh, I guess... It's really fun, yeah. Um, and I just I just love listening to your music, Mark. It's just amazing. Every Everything you've, you've done, it's, it's, it's always a pleasure. But to, uh, to wrap... Well, thank you. To wrap up, I always like to ask um, composers this qu- this one question... If you could score any film ever made with uh, no disrespect to the original composer or the score itself, which film would you choose? I can tell you which film I wouldn't choose. <laughs> okay, which one, is, which one would you uh, not choose? Well, there's a lot of those. Uh, let's go way back to Laura. I wouldn't want to score that because I never would have come up with a better theme, and I wouldn't have wanted to score uh, The Mission because I never would have come up with a better piece of music than that. Um, uh, so, you know, let me put it that way. Godfather's another one, you know. I, I don't, I mean, I would have loved to have had a shot at the Godfather, but to be honest, I don't think I would have beat Nino Rota's ideas. <laughs> Not even close. So, I mean, you know, uh, I'd have to pick something a little more contemporary, you know, and, and, uh, um, I don't know, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a funny thing for me. Uh, whether I whether the film is great or not, for me the excitement is if the music is great. I love going to work every day. So if I'm working on a film that isn't that great, but the music, I feel that I'm doing a really great job, then I'm really into it. And you know, it doesn't. It's not like oh, the film isn't that good, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna get this one done and get on to the next one. I just don't think that way. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't do that many films. I don't I don't want to do that many films. I don't right. I don't want to factory them out. You know, I I get into it. I have a great time doing it, and, and it, I like to pick and choose. And, you know, I guess the best way to look at it is, you know, on planes, I really liked the theme to planes. I liked all the themes. So it was really a pleasure to come to work because um, I liked what, what the music was. I think it's like making, you know, a great album. You know, if you're, if you're working on a great record, it's really fun. And if you're working on a dog, musically, regardless of what's going on in your life, it might be a hit, but... But you, but you know deep down that it's a piece of crap. Mm-hmm. I always think of uh, Peter Frampton. You know, Peter Frampton was so massively huge, and then he, his second album was it was so terrible, and and I, I know he must have known that. But yet it sold. But even still, I know he must have known it was a piece of crap. So I I always wonder about that kind of thing where you're you're working on something and you know it's not that good. I just can't do that. I I have to believe in it. Um, and so, there's no way you could do seven films a year and believe in everything you're doing. There's no possible way. So I right. just don't do that. I mean, you are very selective with your projects, and I've noticed that. Um, but have you ever looked at something you've done and go, God, I was, that wasn't my on day, I wasn't on that day, and I could have done oh, better? Oh, sure. Of course. Yeah, I think I always feel like I could have done better. I think that's what's great about being a composer and being a musician. You know, you're never at the top, ever. <laughs> 
And yeah. I mean, I mean, it's true. I mean, some ideas don't clash because I know you you dropped out of Bad Boys too because I don't think you saw eye to eye with what <laughs> what Michael Bay was doing, right? And uh, well, yeah, I mean, that was a, that was a silly movie, you know. <laughs> but uh, Bad Boys One was cool. Bad Boys One was great. Bad Boys Two was a hysterical joke, and you know, it's it's that, but that's what I mean. It's the second album, you know. It's yeah. the, it's the embarrassment factor. I just didn't want to, you know. What about from Speed One to Speed Two? Yeah, well, that's the same thing, you know. Um, I, 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 I owed Jan, you know. Jan gave me such a break on Speed One, and mm-hmm. I, and I, I just, you know, tried with Speed Two. I tried, but I just, I didn't believe in it, and I tried musically to lift it, and I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. I didn't have, you know, I didn't have the subject matter that I had on Speed One, and as hard as I tried, I couldn't do it. Well, I, but I, I never would have walked off that film ever right, because yeah. that was a guy who I was loyal to. Michael Bay, I have no, you know, I've got nothing to say about him, so <laughs> it didn't really matter to me. That was just, you know, Bad Boys Two. The stuff I wrote at the beginning of that was so cool that I've used it. In, I used it in a different movie. I don't want to say what movie it was, but it's great. He just Michael Bay can't hear music. Period. So it's it's not about that. It was about the game, and the gamesmanship, and I'm not really into that. So mm-hmm. well. Um... That's all very fascinating. Thanks so much for sharing everything, and uh, it's been such an honor uh, to talk to you. I really have been listening to you most of my life, Mark, so it's, uh, always, it's a great pleasure to talk to you today. Oh, that's very nice of you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it.